Hello, everyone. Welcome to Couch Talk. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca here with you to enjoy some intimate discussion and conversation. Remember, Couch Talk is an intimate place for intimate conversation to inspire health, pleasure, and gratitude. Um, as you know, I'm an Emory-trained gynecologist, women's sexual health and pelvic health expert, as well as anti-aging and restorative health expert. My websites are kabekahealth.com and top programs are womensrestorativehealth.com and sexualcpr.com as well as co-hosting the Sexy Younger You Summit. It is an honor to be here with everyone today. Today we have a special guest as we delve into our series on stress and getting the perspective from an Ayurvedic health practitioner, Richard Maslap. Today we will be joining Richard Masla, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner who studied traditional Ayurveda under Dr. Vasant Ladd, Dr. Pangas Naram, and Dr. Sayama. Richard has mastered the ancient art of Kerala Ayurvedic Panchakarma and has trained all of his massage therapists here to do that. And I tell you, the Ayurvedic retreat is one of my well-known getaways for me and many of my uh, professional colleagues. It's a beautiful situation. Richard will tell us more about the retreat, but it's here in Alachua, Florida, not far from Gainesville, Florida, where University of Florida is, and um, has created an atmosphere of peace, calm, safety that has just been wonderful. So I have snuck down here on many occasions to receive the world-renowned level of Panchakarma treatment, and it's really been a blessing to know Richard. So I've asked him to join us today and talk with us um, about the Ayurvedic philosophy and how when we are running, you know, from zero to 60 every morning, as soon as our feet hit the ground, what are things we can do to reset our physiology, get us out of stress mode, and reestablish our connection with ourselves so that we live in the present beautifully as we are meant to be. A quick disclaimer, the opinions expressed on the site and by myself and guests are published for educational and informational purposes only and are not intended as a diagnosis treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. So please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. This site does not endorse or recommend any commercial products, medical treatments, pharmaceutical brand names, processes or services, or the use of any trade firm or corporation. Name is for the information and education of the viewing public, and the mention of any of the above on the site does not constitute an endorsement, recommendation, or favoring by myself, Dr. Kabeca. So thank you all for being here. It's great to have you, Richard. Thank you, Dr. Kabeca. It's wonderful to see you again. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you delved into Ayurvedic and what Ayurvedic medicine what has, how that's worked in your life as well as um, lives of many of your clients. Well, 40 years ago, I started studying yoga, which brought me to India, which I've visited over 30 times in the last 40 years. And uh, back in 1999, uh, Myself, a, a medical doctor, and a nurse practitioner joined together to create what was known as Alachua Integrative Medicine. And I was doing nutritional counseling as a doctor in naturopathy. And the medical doctor and I were really uh, just learning uh, the power and healing of Ayurveda. We both studied with Dr. Ladd in New Mexico. 
and decided to uh, join our forces and create what's now known as the Ayurveda Health Retreat, which we saw our first patients back in 2001. And it's been a really powerful, transformational uh, key to my life, using Ayurveda as a tool to help others become happy through knowledge of the doshas, knowledge of themselves, and how to uh, create a happy and healthy life through the teachings of Ayurveda and yoga. Thank you, Richard. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those teachings of Ayurveda and yoga, and how does it differ from other practices? Uh, Twenty years ago, I was studying in the Himalayas, uh, at a nature cure hospital. And I was interning just wanting to learn practices which may not be so-called mainstream, but can certainly help us be healthier and happier. So I spent some time at this one place in Rishikesh, and I was taking part with the patients, with the doctors and the staff. Every morning before sunrise, we would gather in their courtyard at 6.30, watching the sunrise and doing pranayama, Prana is life force energy. And in different traditions around the world, uh, prana has different words or, or names. Uh, the native uh, Iroquois called it orenda. In the Middle East, it's called ki or chi. And I'm sorry, in the Far East, ki or chi. But in the Middle East, it's called baraka, like our president. Baraka or living force. So pranayama means controlling that living force or that life energy through regulating your breath. And in modern words, it, it might be similar to what is known as biofeedback. But this practice of pranayama was spoken about uh, 2,300 years ago by a sage named Patanjali. And he wrote a book called Pachan Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which give a wonderful treatise on the science of yoga. And so by using the breath in a practical uh, process, you're able to uh, control the uh, nature of the mind and attain more lasting peace. And it's a practice which I've done since you know I was 16 years old, and I still do it every day. And uh, it it helps me to learn more about my nature, my spiritual nature. It knows me how it teaches me and shows me how I can use my mind for uh, creative endeavors. Uh, um, controlling the mind, uh, being freed, I won't say completely from stress, because part of life is stress, you know, it's part of the experience, but from the the real swings of, of being completely anxious or worried or fearful, uh, on so many levels, I'm, I'm free of that. And uh, I know it's because of my regular practice of yoga, pranayama, meditation, and the practice of Ayurveda. So can you uh, walk through us with pranayama, the practice of pranayama, if you can walk through an episode? Because one thing, too, is like with us as busy minds in our society, is there is there something that we can do really quickly, say, okay, for everyone listening to get really present with us now, that would connect us more? Say we're running into a party or a gathering or an office meeting and your head is still buzzing with the hundred things you've got going on and you're like, I've got to get present. Is it just, con you know, is there just conscious thought? Is there something that traditional wisdom has 
given us to kind of ground us right there in the present? Well, certainly having a regular daily practice will help you be able to transition quickly into that state. But uh, since you asked, we'll uh, guide you through two or three minute introduction guided meditation. And so wherever you are, except if you're driving, of course, uh, be uh, seated comfortably with your feet flat on the floor, with your spine erect, open your shoulders, raise your sternum, raise the crown of your head, and exhale fully all the air out of your body and draw your navel gently back towards the spine. And then as you inhale, inhale into the belly like you're filling a cup of water, then the intercoastal area, expand the chest, fill up the upper part of your lungs. Hold the breath for four, three, two, one, and then slowly exhale from your chest to the mid-belly to the low belly, gently drawing all the air out, draw the navel gently back, exhaling fully, and then begin again. Inhale into the low belly, the mid-belly, into the chest. Hold the breath for four, three, two, one, and then slowly begin to exhale from the chest to the mid-belly to the low belly. And just flow at this rhythm. And I want you to pay attention at the top of each inhalation. Notice the gap. And then as you exhale fully and all the breath is out of your body, notice the gap there, the little space. And just pay attention to those at the top and the bottom of each breath. And you'll notice a deep sense of peace from inside yourself. Just be aware of those gaps. Be aware of breathing fully. Be aware of exhaling all the air out of your body. And try that at your convenience. And just by focusing even for a few minutes on this breath, it's called the Ujjayi Durga breath, and you can express yourself by uh, inhaling, making the sound of the ocean or like Darth Vader and holding the breath for a few moments and exhaling like the ocean. And it's fantastic. You know, the results you'll have, the key is consistency and discipline. You may do it once a week, but you won't have the effects. My suggestion to the patients that I work with, do it at least five to ten minutes in the morning five to ten minutes in the evening right before bed. Because often people in the evening, they're filled with worries and frustrations about the next day. So you don't want to bring that anxiety, that stress into your dream state because you may not get a good night's sleep. So if you can focus on this breath for ten minutes before you go to bed, being aware and observing the mind, being the witness. Scientific studies show that we think what's called self-talk, between 30 and 60,000 words every day. And some people have been tracked up to 90. So some of these words of self-talk is not supporting the goals that we have. Often it's self-judgment, self-criticism, or repeating what other people have insulted us or whatever, our memories, uh, our anticipation about the future. In different ways, we let the mind get out of control. From the ancient teachings of yoga, 
there's a book called the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, in which Sri Krishna says that one must elevate oneself by the mind and not degrade oneself. The mind can be your best friend or your worst enemy. So this practice of pranayama, breathwork, allows you to train your mind to be your best friend. And it's simple. And within two weeks of doing this breath, it takes 21 days to change to make a new habit. So if you can do it for three weeks, fantastic. But you will notice a difference in a very short time. Guaranteed. What type of differences should we look for? Uh, your mind will not get the best of you. You know, often our minds will um, uh, find faults, either with people around us or judgments, or we judge ourselves over criticism, or over worrying about something that happened in the past. You know, if it happened in the past, it's over. It's finished. Or we're worried about something that will happen in the future. And worry, as Dale Carnegie used to say, is an investment paid on events that usually never, ever happen. So it's important to bring the awareness into this present moment. After all, this creation has taken 13.8 billion years to come to this moment of your life. So be present. Enjoy the rising sun, the smile of your child's face, the breath of air. I mean, there's so much to be grateful for. And gratitude is a shortcut to happiness. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well, I love that. Gratitude is a shortcut to happiness. And, you know, practice that I've encouraged with my patients for so long is gratitude journaling and how that just brings into awareness the things we are grateful for. And sometimes you may feel like you have to make a few up just to kind of fill the line, but, you know, go with it. You really, if we, when we start looking at it, we are really able to see the um, immensity of things that we are grateful for and keep the focus there because what we focus on expands. And that's so significantly important. You know, one of the interesting areas that, you know, I really talk about is um, PTSD or chronic stress and how that creates a pattern within our nervous system, within our physiology. There's a pattern set up. And so when we can break the pattern by being present, by being conscious of our breath and being conscious of where we are, where our surroundings are, and bringing our mind to where we are at hand, you know, that's been a tremendous difficult practice for me to keep. And I think it's just something that, um, you know, no prescription can beat for sure. One of the uh, practices you taught during yoga, the one that I, I love, I remember the first time I did it, Ava was just a few years old, but it's the bumblebee breath or the bumblebee breathing. So I want you to give us that other practice too because many of you with busy minds like myself, you know, find that it's hard to settle down the mind, especially during yoga. You know, I'm not alone. I hate to confess this to you, Richard. But it's it's hard to keep my mind in the present because I am thinking of many, you know, we're thinking of many things. We're busy. And um, and so it is a practice to be keep your mind in the present. But one of the things that I found really to help, like from a meditative aspect for me, is that bumblebee breath. I don't know if you call it a meditation or not, but for me, that really does um, create tremendous peace in my physiology. I can just feel my cortisol go down. I can feel my heart rate variability go up. You know, I mean, those are the key things. We want to see a responsive cortisol pattern. 
So we want it to be not on hot, not on the go all the time. And we want our heart rate variability to be very variable, you know, beautiful variability that we see in our, in our fetal heart rate monitor tracings of our children when we're in labor. We want to have that within ourselves and that heart rate variability is an indicator of resilience resilience and health. And so um, practices that we can do, the breathing, the pranayama breathing, mm-hmm. and um, alternate nostril breathing, and then the bee breath. What is that called again? It's called brahmari. Brahmari is the bumblebee. So this is a breath uh, which helps, it vibrates the cerebral cortex, which then stimulates the thyroid and parathyroid glands in your throat. It also works on the pineal and pituitary glands in your skull. And so it's a complete uh, head massage. So when you vibrate, I close my eyes, covering them with the uh, pinky, uh, ring finger, and middle finger. And then I cover my ears with my thumb. And then I'll take a deep breath and vibrate five times. It sounds like this. Inhale, take a deep breath. one more together. Inhale, deep breath. You're just saying the mm sound. Yeah, just mm like a bumblebee. I had a, a patient years ago, and uh, she called me up and said, Richard, you know, whenever I do that bumblebee breath, I am in so much peace. I do it every day. And you just do it five times, and then just sit for a few minutes in that silence, and just to experience the feeling, the feeling. There's a difference between our mind and our heart. And often the teachings of yoga is that long journey from your mind into your heart because living fully means to live in your heart and as soon as we start judging or criticizing others or ourselves our heart begins to close just a little bit so living in the heart means living fully living in the present moment filled with love light and passion yeah i'm into that and uh with that bumblebee breath again you said it helps the thyroid the parathyroid the cerebral cortex. The pituitary and the pineal glands. Pituitary and pineal. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a good resetting button. Should that be done in the morning or in the evening? In the morning because it's energizing a little bit, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Richard. Now, you just came back from 30 days in India, and you've gone many, how many trips? That was my 34th time. 34th trip to India. Now, can you give us a pearl, a couple pearls that you learned while you were there this time? Well, I studied uh, with two Ayurvedic uh, doctors up in Dharamsala, India. This is the home of the Dalai Lama. And uh, just observing uh, these doctors in practice and the work that they were doing with their uh, with their clinic there, uh, especially a treatment which uh, 
I've learned several years ago, but definitely learning from them each time I, I see them, is called Marma Therapy. It's M-A-R-M-A, -M -A, Marma. And these Marmas are points uh, in our body. There's 108 of them. And they correspond with different uh, energy centers related to different uh, parts of our circulation, subtle energy systems connecting to the major systems of the body and to major organs. And 75 of the 108 marmers are the same as the acupuncture points in Chinese acupuncture. So a great connection there. So learning how to work with uh, healing through using marma points was uh, one of the high points of my journey. Another exciting moment was when we got to meet His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And uh, just a moment's association with him was uh, so much uh, so much love was felt in all of our hearts. I take a tour. Uh, I took six other people with me. And we spent two weeks doing healing uh, treatments from the Ayurveda, which are known as Panchakarma. And these Panchakarma treatments are helping to release deep-seated toxins which are lodged in our adipose tissue. And the treatments are helpful to uh, remove toxins and to bring balance to your body, your mind, and your spirit. And we offer these same treatments at our center here in Alachua for the last 14 years. And you can come for you know a couple days, or you can do a full 14 or 21-day full detoxification um, you'll learn how to take better care of yourself through diet, uh, how to eat healthy foods that are nutritious and delicious, and how to cook them. We have cooking classes every Saturday night. And we have yoga classes where we teach these practices every morning at the retreat center. And while you're here, you'll receive two and a half hours of these Royal Spa Panchakarma treatments every day. And by the third, fourth day, you know, we've had people that have come with severe arthritis, headache problems, digestive disorders. And one of the main uh, teachings in Ayurveda to get results, the simplest thing to do is just remove the cause. And often the causes of our illness are right in front of our eyes. You know, things that we do, do regularly which we know aren't good for us and we have different reactions when we do them. And so just removing the things that cause the problem. And uh, people will begin to feel good very quickly. Thank you, Richard. And his website is AyurvedaHealthRetreat.com. So a great website, AyurvedaHealthRetreat.com. And again, it's like that, um, you know, hidden pearl. It's a beautiful, relaxing, very therapeutic, low-key uh, wonderful experience. I highly recommend that. Richard, you talked about these marma points. Are there marma points that we can check on ourselves to see if it indicates uh, well, how naughty we've been? Right on the nail of your pinky. Okay. Right on the nail of your pinky finger. It's called kanishtika, and it's related to your heart. So if you have a lot of stress, apply pressure there for about a minute. And it's also good uh, you know, for palpitations, things like that. And you hold the pressure for a minute, breathing fully like we did earlier, the full yoga breath. And then release the pressure on the finger. And again, take several deep, relaxing breaths. And so this will help your heart, help you deal with stress. 
It's a nice little pearl. So I want to thank all our Couch Talk listeners today. Thank you very much, Richard, for sharing your information with us. And I encourage you all to share this podcast with your friends and uh, make sure you're registered on our Couch Talk page so you can get invitations to our live Couch Talk events and when our new releases come out. And that is at quebecahealth.com forward slash Couch Talk. Thank you all. Have a good day.